0: <laughs> yeah, yes, it is Thursday. It is nine, so of course, it's UK Cowboys time. And joining us this week, uh, hopefully, he's not too hungover, because I've seen them million <laughs> cocktails you were drinking. We got Cal Yeoman's with us. How we doing, fella? Uh,
1: I'm still recovering. I'm still getting there. So, uh, I mean, that's that's one thing I've heard about about you guys across the pond is that you know how to drink so i I need to actually just take a trip over there next time i took a trip off of a a shorter pond we just went to 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 mexico i had my bachelor party it was a ton of fun but man uh yeah i'm still i'm trying to catch up to you guys if i'm being honest
0: right now (laughs) i know Um, when you sent the message early, and you were like oh no i've got my draft guide which by the way we'll ask about when it's coming out and you were like look so i'm not going to do the full show so you just give us the safe word when you're ready to go, which the safe word on this show is Eagles suck. So when you're ready, to yeah. s- just give the word.
1: <laughs> can I say that
0: anyways? And you can say it anyways. <laughs> okay, but Yeah. Cool. M- m- most people do anyway. But, yeah, and when you sent it, I was like, mm, I know where I'm going to take this. I'm going to pretend that it's not the draft guide he's doing. He's still hungover.
2: Uh-huh. I mean, he's saying it was his tag dude. It's actually preparation for uh, Thanksgiving when we all come out.
1: So. <laughs> hey, there's that too, yeah. <laughs> Deal. That sounds good. If y'all are going to be here, then we, hey, we can we can make some time. We can have something happen, right? I, I've
0: I've spoken to Derek Eagleton about it. So so far, there is nearly twenty of us coming over. Wow. Uh, that is from the UK. Some from Canada. We're still winning. In, in on the mainland Europe as well so
1: that's awesome uh, good for you guys yeah. we're all coming over we're coming to invade love it <laughs> come on with it let's <laughs> let's make it happen I'll put you I, I know you already talked to Derek Eagleton I, I'll I'll put you on our podcast too we'll make something happen
0: uh, we'll do something for definite. and
1: then uh, yeah, yeah we're we, we, we're trying to
0: plan like a UK Cowboys like night out as well and Jamie's mm. given us the idea of what it is and I'll I'll send you a message <laughs> It is really funny. Uh, it's hilarious. And if we could pull it off, it'd be great. So we'll get those uh, lime green cocktails on the go again with you, Kai. Love it. Can't what flavor wait. was that, by the way?
1: Death. That's, that's what it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They look nice.
1: Yeah. They call it a hand grenade Is is what they call it. And it's like a New Orleans specialty. And that's about that's about right. A hand grenade because it blows you up. I mean, it was uh, <laughs> that was that was the last drink I had before it, things went south very very yeah. quickly. So it was it was great. Had a ton of fun, but man, yeah, that I don't know if I'm going to have one of those in a long for a long time. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. quite a while before I, I well, I'm, have I'm one of another hand
0: grenade. Well, we're going to find out what's in it and make you drink one, and we're all going to film you drinking it, downing <laughs> it
1: in one. I don't even know what's in it. I don't know if I could tell you. I really couldn't. I, I oh, it, you could taste the neon. Let's just say it that way.
0: <laughs> taste the neon. Yeah. All right. But it's back to it now because it's draft season. And as we all know, you do the draft show and you do cover a lot of college as well. I do cover the mean green. So, um, might be something we come and tag along with. But, um, yeah, we thought we'd get you on because obviously uh, you're a man that's forgotten more than we know on this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got to get the master on, yeah? Um, we got some questions we want to dive straight into, first of all. There's really two major questions which I got straight away, and I'll let you guys as well, Lauren and Graham, answer these. Uh, the first question is, Jonathan Hankins,
1: is it going to happen or not? It, it really feels like the Cowboys want to get something done with him. Uh, but Jonathan Hankins also knows the value that he brought last year to really this front seven as a whole, because he he came in and immediately uh, there was an uptick in terms of the run stuffing ability because he wasn't getting pushed back on the interior. You had a guy like Quentin Bohanna who was supposedly going to come in and uh, take a bit of an uptick, but never really saw that same sort of success uh, Hankins came in and brought a veteran mentality, but he also brought uh, production. And, and he knows that there's kind of a two-edged sword that way that could potentially cut into the pocketbooks of the Cowboys. So and it's not like we're talking about massive multi-million dollar deals. We're just talking about multi-year, I think, is really the biggest thing. The Cowboys would like to bring him back on a one-year deal. Hankins party probably wants to do two or three years down the line to try and uh, continue his longevity in the league. He's dragging his feet for the most part is what it seems like. Uh, and, and at least from their side of things, but the Cowboys haven't necessarily had any, had any give in terms of trying to get a deal done. I think if you had to really put me on the spot and, and tell me whether or not it gets done, I think it does. I, I, I really still think they get to the, get to the negotiation table and they, they find out how to to reach a deal here. The Cowboys have already reached uh, a number of deals with some returning free agents. I think he's another one that you get added to the list.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you guys think, Long Graham? Jonathan Hankins now is he top of the pecking order in the most important sort of not free agent signings, but you know, to try and continue his services in Dallas?
2: Yeah, I think I think he is. I mean, obviously, the the moves that we've made this year have been fantastic in terms of you know. You, you you spend a modest amount of draft capital on bringing in guys like Brandon Cooks and Stephen Gilmore. Um, you've covered all your bases. I mean, we always talk that the Cowboys are sort of... They're, they're covering all their weaknesses so that they can draft the best player available come draft time. And yeah. obviously, if you listen to Kyle and the guys today with the draft show, um, that's probably one of the... Defensive tackle um, is one of the areas that... Certainly, it's probably what we're looking at. But, mm. obviously, they went another way for the Cowboys today. Yeah. I don't don't hate the pick, but, you know. Um...
0: You're a Longhorn fan, so why would you not? Why I would you hate it? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's,
3: he's, maybe just, he's maybe just waiting around to see what else is out there. You know, mm. we, we, we maybe haven't, fin- haven't finished the top tier round of signings just yet. or maybe just Um, you know, moving into the kind of the discount bin, where I like to call it not that that sounds harsh, but they're not necessarily starter numbers, starter lengths of deals that are getting thrown out there. So he's maybe just waiting to see what's out there.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's a good point
1: too, because one, you could say that for both parties, you could say that for uh, the Cowboys, if they want to go maybe try and find somebody that's going to be a run stuffer in the middle Uh, But you could also say it for Jonathan Hankins. I mean, what is his value out there right now? It looked like his value was at a a career low prior to coming to Dallas. They got him basically for scraps in the middle of of the regular season, and then he comes in and plays well. Does that change his value from a a playing standpoint? And I completely understand what his party is trying to do. They're trying to capitalize on playing well, especially when he played well in a specific role, and that team wants to put him back into that role, so you know what you're getting with Jonathan Hankins. I think it's a, a little bit of both. I think you're spot on there, just talking about specifically uh, making sure that that the the market value is right, Graham, because that's that's a really good point from both angles. Yeah,
0: and um, we, we'll get back to the inside defensive line because
1: um, it's definitely
0: a place where the Cowboys need to go. But the, the issue I've got is we've seen. For far too long, the Cowboys just do not value high in the draft the inside defensive line position, Mm -hmm. Uh, and because some people are saying, "Well, this you know the big name is always Marzi at the moment, uh, the nose tackle," but um, I think personally on my board, he's not a first rounder that everybody's talking because he's a traditional nose tackle, and I just think that that type of player is like you can't. He's not a first – that's just not a first-round type
1: player. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's my issue. Mozzie Smith out of Michigan is the prospect that we're kind of talking about here. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry, yeah. He's
1: a top 40 player on my board, but I'm much higher on him than I think most people because not only is he a true nose tackle, I think he's a nose tackle that can develop into a little bit of pass rush ability because he didn't necessarily show it a whole lot at Michigan. He's not in the backfield a whole lot, but he doesn't get pushed back backwards either he holds Mm. his ground which is what Cowboys fans want to see and when we're and we've spoken about this a couple times on the draft show but when you're picking at 26 a lot of times you won't have a first round grade still available now in the mock draft that you guys were talking about a moment ago that we had in this room earlier today on the draft show we had four first round grades so Mozzie Smith wasn't even a conversation because he is a second round prospect he's a guy that is early second round for me personally, but who knows what the Cowboys have specifically uh, slated for Mozzie on, on their board. Uh, I think there's a way that he could maybe finagle his way into 26, but it would really have to take the board dried up for the most part. But you, you also mentioned really quickly that the Cowboys haven't valued the interior defensive line. I, I think they have, I mean, look at the, the most recent uh, NFL drafts that they've had. I mean, Two years ago, it was Osa Adigizua and Chauncey Golston who have now been moved yeah, yeah, inside. Yeah. So you had two guys in that that 2021 draft that you threw inside. Uh, 2020, they drafted Neville Gallimore in the uh, in the third round. That was another top 100 pick. And then the in the year prior to that, in 2019, they took Tristan Hill. Now Tristan Hill didn't end up working out. Neville Gallimore, uh, you're still waiting on him to be somebody. And then it looks like Osa Adigizua was a hit because he is currently your starting three technique and should be for the next couple of years, but they have, they've taken some swings at the the interior, but they haven't taken a swing at a one tech yet. I mean, none yeah. of those guys are true one technique nose tackles. So if they were to go and snag one, I think it would be in the higher rounds. It'd be either a first or a second round pick. If Mozzie's there at 58, I'd feel exceptionally comfortable taking that selection, Uh, I'd be very happy with him being there. I think he'll go much higher than 58 just because I think he's that good of a player. Uh, But 26, you're right. It's a little bit rich, but I don't think it's out of the question.
0: No, definitely. In terms of team need, and you know, when I'm saying taking defensive line high, I mean like more like the first round. When sure. you see it, that no, that, that, that you know, they, the taco was the last one, and look how that came back yeah. to bite them. And then yeah. you know, you're talking about another Michigan defensive line. Then in the first round, and you just wonder if
1: there's going to be apprehension there that they want to go down that road a little bit different mozzie smith and taco Charlton, different different players thank goodness for the most part <laughs>
0: yeah i mean i'm not even i still to this day i'm still trying to figure out that pick to this day especially yeah, when you think uh, me that.
1: too so are we all <laughs>
0: um another question though and we've got a few people sending in some questions here but um uh one that uh, I got sent on my inbox that I had to ask you is Terrence Steele's health, how is that looking, holding up whilst his ETA?
1: Man, you know, that one. That one's tough because, I mean, initially it was it was thought that he's, he's going to be good for training camp. I think he's still there. I still think he'll be ready for Oxnard. But for the most part, I, I haven't really heard a whole lot of updates. And usually you'll start hearing updates post-draft on these guys that are that are injured, but also with him being a restricted free agent, and the Cowboys thinking about putting either a first or a second round tender on him as a free, a restricted free agent, that that could really change things on how they view the injury. I mean, and and it certainly could be uh, one of those those topics of conversation. But I I don't have a, a true update for you guys. I really don't. I wish I did because uh, I think the offensive line is a huge question. This offseason, I think it's something that that the Cowboys would want to upgrade if possible. Uh, If they're going to upgrade it, that would mean probably moving on from Terrence Steele at some point. I don't think they're willing to do that at the moment. I think they want to try and find a way to do it elsewhere.
0: Yeah. So um, there's a certain guy on this show right now who's right next to you who's very keen on offensive line in the draft. Um, so I'll ask you both this question. Who is your <laughs> – who's the main man if you had to draft an inside offensive lineman in the first round? Who's the guy you would go to? Uh,
1: my number one guy is Osiris Torrance out of Florida. He's oh, the number one rated guard. And, and a lot of people have heard his name from the early going of the yeah. draft process and, and for good reason because he was a senior bowl guy. Uh, he's always kind of been at the top of the list. It's not a very good guard class. Let me just start by sure. saying it that way. It's not very deep. Uh, <clears throat> and, and Honestly, when Torrance drops off, it's probably Steve Avila, and that's it. There's a couple of other guys. Uh, there's, <laughs> uh, there's a couple of other guys that I think you could maybe take in the second or the third round, but for the most part, they're not going to be plug-and-play starters. If you're wanting a plug-and-play starter at the guard spot, it would be Osiris Torrance. And he's not – I'm he, he doesn't move the needle a ton for me. It's mm-hmm. a good pick if he makes the selection, but he needs to continue to lose some weight. He needs to show me some more athleticism. He's got to grow in a couple different areas that I think if he's placed in the right system, and one of those systems is across the hallway for me at the moment, uh, I think he would have some success. But there are just other spots, I think, in the draft uh, that you could address – and other yeah. p- prospects in the draft that I think would fit better uh, as a value than maybe taking Osiris towards the 26.
0: Yeah. Go on then, Gray. I know you're going <laughs> to want to talk offensive line here. You are Mr. Offensive Line 24-7, so we'll give you the floor yeah. on this one.
3: At um, at this point, it's a little bit cloudy and Um You could maybe think of, um, you know, a tackle moving inside. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: But the last thing... Like Skaronsky? Yeah. You're not going to get Peter Skaronsky. (laughs) (laughs) That's not happening. Yeah, yeah. You remember when I ran to the star and back a couple years ago? I would do the same thing (laughs) for Skaronsky, and I've done that once already. I'm not going to do it again. So is that the run and the pizza party pick then? (laughs) Sure, why not? I'll throw a pizza party. I'll send you guys a couple pies out there. I'll make it happen. (laughs) But yeah, there's no way... I, I like where you're thinking, though. I just don't know if they want to do it again because they did that with Tyler Smith last year, Graham. That's the same thing, yeah. and, and you're going to have to do that again. You already saw that you're putting him out of position, right? Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, f- for me, my number one guard is Avila because of okay. the flat. He's um, my number
1: two. He's a good player.
0: Yeah. I mean, because, like, if, you, uh, haven't, if you're if you undecided what you want to do with
1: Biadesh, there's your guy right there then. Sure. Yeah, and he's got position flex overall. I wanna yeah. I wanna hear Graham. I didn't mean to cut. Yeah, you Yeah, yeah. Go you on, Greg. Sorry, Greg. Keep going. Um
3: I mean, is, is it the case where you revert back to the original plan? You know, do you do you move Smith back inside? You play Tyron, hopefully Steele does all right. Um but do you want to stunt his growth? Would you not would you not rather get younger? Um does Tyron Smith give you does tyron smith give you 19 games no no um no, really? and i think that's reflected in his deal um it's a cloudy one it really is a cloudy one um at least last off season we had the backup to follow and we don't even have that choice anymore so um there's there's definitely a hole for me at left guard and uh, it needs filled obviously um but I think what you're saying, Kyle, is absolutely right. You, you you don't want a project. You'd rather have an interior guy. And You also said at the top of your point that there isn't an obvious choice at 26. Not not a left guard anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, at this stage, the way they've set everything up, we'll talk about quickly before you go, Kyle, about the free agent moves they've made this season, which is great. This is great. Yeah. This is unexpected. I like this. Um something different. Um, but I mean the offensive line is so oh, there we go. He'll be back. Um is somewhere <laughs> where they need to go. Second round, I'm with you, is more of a place. But the way they've set up with free agent is definitely the first round is more like um just let the ball let the, ball? Let the board fall to them at this stage. Mm-hmm. There's no need to move. Like before the Brandon Cook sign in, I was a little bit itchy about. Um, because I can see a string uh, of wide receivers coming off before the Cowboys got to pick. Sure. Um, when you look at it, and I was a bit worried. And I was thinking, well, at this stage, if that's the case, they're gonna have to trade up because um, otherwise, you're gonna miss on some of these guys. Now, now the way I see it is, you just let it come to you. Now that there's no need to move at this stage. But um, free agent moves. Does the Schultz loss to the Texans mean they need to look at tight end in the first round, Kyle? I don't.
1: I don't think it means they have to. Does it mean that they will? Yes. I, I yeah. think they're very much so honed in on a potential with Dalton Kincaid. Uh, I think they like Luke Musgrave's ups, upside. Kincaid from Utah, Musgrave from yeah. from Oregon State. I don't. I don't know. I can't really tell how they feel on Michael Mayer, the, the Notre Dame tight end. Mm. Uh, I think all three of those guys are first-round caliber players. Mayer and Kincaid are my two first-round grades. Uh, I think if you were to take Luke Musgrave at, at at 26, I think you're okay there just because I think he is a really good player. He's just had so many injury issues throughout his time in college that I, I, I do have a little pause on Musgrave specifically. But if if you're going to look at tight end, you've got probably three rounds to do it. Yeah. Kind of like what I was talking about with, offensive line and in the interior of the offensive line i think it's quite the opposite with tight end i think there are three really good tight ends at the top of this draft and then i think there are multiple guys that'll make it to you uh in the second and the third round like a sam laporta from iowa darnell washington from georgia who i know has a little bit of first round buzz but for the most part i think he's a second round player uh tucker Kraft from south dakota state luke schoonmaker from michigan who i know the cowboys have Uh, had conversations with. And then Cameron Latu from Alabama. There are four or five guys that could make it to the second or the third round where you are picking late in those rounds to where you come out and you're able to make a a selection there and add them to the fold with a Jake Ferguson, who you hope takes the next step. Add them to Peyton Hendershot, who you already feel like you have a steal of a signing with Peyton Hendershot. Add them to that room and then make things happen from there. I would love – I would love a fit of Michael Mayer here. I love Dalton Kincaid as a prospect. He's my number one overall tight end prospect. But you want to you want to run the ball like Mike McCarthy's trying to talk about? You want to get somebody and, and, and pave the way for, for running the ball efficiently. Go get Michael Meyer. That dude's six yeah. foot five, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. He is a mauler up front. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good fit to what this team wants to do. He's a far better blocker than than Dalton Schultz ever was he is a much better blocker right now than Dalton Schultz is I think he's got a a lot of upside to potentially help this offense I just don't know how much they love that and and how much they want to maybe invest I think they would rather take the upside of a receiver at tight end much like a Dalton Kincaid or a Luke Musgrave
0: yeah I mean the issue for me in both of those the bit that scares me is obviously with Musgrave is just there's just very little production when you look at it, and yeah. I know I know stats stay in school, but I, when you look at it, it's still scary to look at. There isn't
1: that much there for the type of play that yeah. he is, and he missed he missed a lot of time too. Yeah, that's the other thing is he had two knee injuries during his time at Oregon State. So not only did the production lack, his production was great when he was healthy because that is the type of player that he is. But you're taking a chance on can he stay healthy? And I mean. Some of the best tight ends that have worked out in the NFL entered the NFL after being injured. I mean, look at uh, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, that's the most recent one that comes to mind. Came in injured, had a back problem, slid to the second round out of his, his collegiate career at Arizona. Where yeah. did he end up? And now he's going to have a gold jacket, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. The best tight ends to ever play the game. So I, I'm not saying Luke Musgrave, take him off your board because he has some back or he has some knee injuries. I'm saying keep that in mind whenever you have two other guys, like Dalton's Kincaid, who also is dealing with a little bit of an injury or Michael Mayer, who's a well-rounded tight end. You have a couple other options.
3: Yeah.
0: Cause I I mean like the other one that got brought to, uh, cause I've been a big Dalton Kincaid fan. right? I have been, and I, it's on my Twitter. So it's out there, (laughs) but I got, Shown something that was quite interesting. I don't know if you've noticed this, Carl, but have you looked at Dalton Kincaid's stats on when he's against defenses within the top 100 and outside of the top 100? Mm, okay, no, enlighten me, enlighten me. It, but take a look at it that all the games where he has um, big games where he's scoring touchdowns and mm-hmm. is on good receipt, all defenses outside the top 100 when he's okay. within. He has a bad game. And I, it's really noticeable too. And I was like, oh, wow. Now, obviously, there needs to be some more context because I don't know what's happened in those games or what the rest are. But if you go back and take a look, take a look at it. Just I, I'm in black and white when you take a look and you go, oh, wow, this is interesting. I yeah. haven't seen this before. And it's quite a sneaky one. Um, yeah. But in terms for everybody, yeah, I'll ask this question. Dalton Schultz, moving on, does that make everybody sad or are we happy
3: or somewhere in between i just i go back to the offer that was on the table he had a, he had a huge offer on the table gambled didn't pay off and he now fends himself with another one year deal. it's another prove it deal so he's on his second prove it deal for two years in a row um <clears throat> he obviously had the huge playoff game um but it, it simply just wasn't enough um, and I think with with the emergence of Hendershot and Ferguson, it, it almost said to the Cowboys, well, let's see what we've got in these young guys. Why do we have to go and pay $9 million to keep somebody that we're not too sure about? Um, I think if they were sure on him, the, the offer would have come back out again. Um, but he, he, it wasn't a season-long presence for me anyway. Um I mean, like the previous question was tight end in the first round. I just go back to the Kyle Pitts pick. Kyle Pitts was going to be – he was going to be 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns every single (laughs) year at number four, and it just simply hasn't happened. I think you can make do with with tight end. Um, And I kind of want to see where Ferguson and Hendershot can take this. Okay.
2: Yeah. I I agree. I mean, the whole thing is kind of short-sighted by their agents that, you know, they should have looked at who was likely to be coming out this year. And I mean, okay, you'll have had a couple of tight ends that have absolutely exploded on the scene this year. But you should have been looking at the talent that was going to be coming out this year and said, right, if you stick to the one year deal, you're going to be hitting free agency at the same time as these guys. You're going to be hitting free agency the same time these guys are coming through on the draft as well the market's not going to be there unless you absolutely ball out and have a hundred catches or something like that and that's not factoring in for injuries as well now you know he did have injuries last year you weren't expecting much of Ferguson and Henderson, but you know Ferguson's been according to Travis Kelsey Ferguson is the next version of him um you know that's big boots to fill, but you know if he's if he's even half a travis Kelsey great um so I, it's it's sort of been short sighted by Schultz and he's he's paying for it now he's having to take a one year prove it deal uh you know there's nine million if he reaches all the incentives it's only about six and a half six and three quarter million if you're um if you're talking base salary and all that but um you know, I, I, again, as I say, the same as Zeke last week, I mean, it, it's sad that you see these guys moving on, especially for me coming from, you know, when I've got into the game, you know, everybody, you you were a player right from the minute you were drafted until basically the day you died almost. Um, the, the team still held your rights until you died, you know. <laughs> and, and probably if they found some way of bringing you back to life, you know, they'd still own you. Um but, uh, yeah, it is it, sad to see him go.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I just think personally, because, again, right, and I'm sorry, Kyle, right, I know <laughs> stats aren't everything. <laughs> and I, I unfortunately, I have a lot of spare time in my work, so I spend a lot of time trolling <laughs> stats. I just think Dak created Schultz more than the other way around. And I know he goes to it, because I, I went back to it, Dotton Schultz, right, 16 games without Dak, so his season's worth. And for a veteran player, I think that's a big enough sample size. Yeah. In that time, in those 16 games, only two touchdowns, eight games where he had less than 25 yards, two games where it's a dud, zero. Mm-hmm. I just think that Dak, because he funnels so much to his tight ends and he checks down to you know slot receivers and the rest of it, I just think that he
1: helped to create Schultz more than the other way around. Two two things there. First off, I'm glad we've gotten through to you to where you know that stats aren't the the only thing. I, but just use it to make your point whenever you need to. Because I do the yeah. same exact thing. Yeah. yeah. If the stats don't line up with my point, it doesn't matter. It I, doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I, if the stats exactly. line up with my point, stats are everything. It's gonna matter. Uh, I, I I agree with you to a certain extent. I think Dalton Schultz stepped up his game. He's a good tight end. But let's let's not get carried away and say he. He was made completely by Dak Prescott. I don't, I don't think that's completely the case. Yeah. What, I, what I will say about Dalton Schultz is that his skill set, while it was as a good tight end, it was replaceable. That that's yeah. his downfall. He didn't do anything special. He didn't do anything over the top. He's not a, a great inline blocker. He's not mm-hmm. a guy who can pass protect if you needed to go mass max protection. If you needed to mass protect, you're gonna bring somebody else in there too, and you're gonna have this whole s- scenario. I will say, as a pass catcher, he was anticipated to do more coming out of Stanford. Mm. And he put up he put up numbers, but most of it was underneath the 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 10 yards 15 yards down the line of scrimmage i mean to this point he still does not have a 100 yard receiving game he has not had a game without or over 100 receiving yards in a single game i think he's a good player but i i agree with you halfway on on the Dak made him i think he stepped his game up i think not having a, a competition with blake jarwin Helped him step that game up. Yes, was he fine. worth $9 million, $10 million? And if you were to tag him again to today, it would be 12.1 or 12.9, whatever it ended up being. Is he worth $12 million? No, he's not. He's he's a replaceable tight end, and I think you're going to see that pretty quickly with this offense next year. Yeah, that's for sure. And um, he, he just I can,
3: joins. I can, sorry, Mick, if
1: I can just yeah, jump go in. go
3: on, mom. Go on, man. Kel, is, there, is there any conversation with Blake Jarwin that you, that you know of?
1: uh like for him to come back yeah no not not that i know of uh specifically i don't even i don't know if he's technically still working out or in the league or or where he's at he's kind of been mia the last couple of years but no i haven't i haven't heard of anything yet i'll check on that though that's not a bad idea
2: i think there's still there's still a sort of cap charge on if you look at over the cap there's still something on that and that i've queried it before and it's it's something like in some sort of injury insurance policy Mm -hmm. that or claim that he's made um so we are still getting hit with that it's i think where last year it was two million plus wow whatever Mm -hmm. was written whatever his signing bonus was it's now only about two hundred thousand. but you know it's still a you know, I'd I'd love to have two hundred thousand a month. <laughs> you know? Same. Can they give that to the bonus? That
1: bonus to the media team? I mean, what are we doing
0: here? That's yeah. what you get for just being on this show, card. But all right. Um, <laughs> I know that we're coming up to the mark, so we're going to take this question and then we'll okay. let you go. I've got. I've just got one more tiny question. Okay. I, I asked Heckman this last week, so I'm going to hit mm-hmm. you with it too. But here's one for you because we do know that this is something the Cowboys do with regularity in the second round is do the gamble picks mm-hmm. um jalen Smith and all the rest of it so is there one
1: you think is on the cowboys radar as that gamble pick in the second round oh that's a tough one i'm looking through my draft spreadsheet right now i'm just trying to find a some, name that i would i would classify smart listeners smart listeners on yeah this. no that's a really really good question really? because you're right i think there are there has been in the past gamble picks. I mean, even you could say Sam Williams last year. I mean, he was a guy that had some questions off the field, and they ended up making the decision to draft him in the second round. They got lucky, and the guy they wanted outside of Sam Williams was there in the third too with Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. Um, Man, 40s. risky pick. I'm, I'm, I'm even looking at maybe potential injury thought, too, like somebody who's yeah. kind of been dealing with an injury maybe like a like a Warren McClendon from Georgia offensive mm-hmm. guard if they don't go guard in the first half or the first round um maybe John Michael Schmitz if he makes it there i don't know if that's a risk no. that no, yeah that's that's actually my guy <laughs> that would actually be a really good pick um, <laughs> yeah. how about
0: ooh, i don't Josh think has a knee injury i'm looking at that but i think he still goes in the first round
1: yeah i i don't know May, it might be Luke Musgrave a, a guy who's been kind of a, a hit or miss guy from, from an injury standpoint. And I'm going to get back to you. I'm going to give you a better answer. I'm going to have to go do some digging. Cause I, I don't see a name right now that would be second round worthy and also be injured.
2: Mm. Uh, it's either these
1: first round guys that are going to be early second round, late first round guys like a Dewan Jones, not an injury guy, but he's just such a freak uh, that it would be there Darnell Washington could be that that conversation because he's six foot seven, two hundred and sixty five pounds at a, a, as tight end. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have a great answer for you though. That's a fantastic. I'm wondering,
0: question. I'm wondering if maybe like a guy like Cody Ma from North Dakota State. I know he's yep. not injury or whatever, but I'm just thinking, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a, an FCS. School, I know, like I've been told this is we need to stop thinking of North Dakota State. Yeah, don't, <laughs> do <that.
1: laughs> yeah don't, <laughs> but, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that one. I, so it, there's um, a little bit of that. That's the best one
0: I can think of. And
1: I see somebody here saying Voorhees, Andrew Voorhees, the, the offensive guard yeah. out of uh, out of USC. He was probably going to be a fourth or a fifth round pick regardless. It, I don't think he'd be uh, be like a second round or a second or third round. You say it there. You said maybe a third, third pick. I mean, excuse me, third day. I think that's where you would see him fall potentially yeah. as well. Yeah. Kicker, we'll answer that one then. I don't, really, I don't really have any kickers. Last year we were really excited about like Cameron Dicker from Texas, Cade York mm. from LSU. I don't I don't really see a ton of those guys popping up this year. Uh I, are there are there guys that the Cowboys are gonna kick the tires on? Absolutely. I think yeah, they will. Definitely. Uh but I d uh, I don't see anybody draft wise specifically.
3: All right. So are we seeing the second pick isn't gonna
1: get packaged to go and get Skoransky? No. Oh man, that'd be <laughs> nice. <laughs> Maybe I, are you are you playing him at tackle or are you playing him at guard? Where are you, you going to put him? Gronk's a guard. We'll see how Tyron is first. See how is. <laughs> I I don't know, and, and I'll I'll say this: we're all friends here, right? Like we're of all course. we're all friends. This is a safe <laughs> yeah. space. I, I'm I'm not done with Tyron Smith, but I am Me? done planning that he's gonna be here for this, an extended period of time. If you wanted to go get a tackle, I'm all for it. Go get a tackle. Mm-hmm. Even if they're gonna sit for a year, that's fine by me. And if you wanna go get a first or a second round guy, go get a tackle either way. Because I think you, you planning for Tyron Smith to play 17 games is insanity. I don't think he's ever going to play 17 games at all throughout the rest of his career. When he's there, when he's good, <laughs> Uh, or w- w- healthy good is what i mean he's yeah, one of the yeah. best in football still when he's mm-hmm. healthy he's still one of the best in football i'm not saying get rid of tyron smith i'm saying have a backup plan because it's we've yeah. seen it year after year after year they have to scramble and then oh no here's tyler smith here's uh here's connor mcgovern and sometimes your initial backup plan like moving tyron smith over or excuse me tyler smith over to fill in for tyron that's great but then what are you doing with the rest of your offensive line? That's where yeah. I want to have a backup plan mm. because right now I don't think there is one up front. And that's something that I think could derail this whole thing. doesn't matter who you have at wide receiver or tight end or quarterback. If your offensive line can't block, you're going to have some trouble.
0: Yeah. And that—that's that, uh, this is a big downfall here is Tyler's development issues. Sure. Yeah. Because, it, because what that's he doing was too. so
1: good at tackle. He was so good at tackle. But yeah. kind of like what Graham said earlier, if you keep moving him inside, I mean, how much growth are we going to have? Because he's a project at, at guard. I saw somebody earlier was like, you think we thought Tyler Smith would be a project. He is a project when you're playing him at guard. When you're playing at, at tackle, he may be your tackle of the future. And he's going to play there for a long time to come. But you can't keep putting him at guard if you expect him to really continue to grow there as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, th- I think you need to start putting some uh, capital into the offensive line anyway because you know Zach Martin's coming towards the end of his contract now yeah he could go for another contract he could go for another three or four years he might just say right end of this contract I'm hanging them up you know and I think from what I've heard you know there is talk that you know he is maybe leaning towards that way that you know you know, the last couple of years has certainly been tough on him and he's, you know, he has battled niggling little injuries throughout games. you see seen him lying on the floor and he thought, oh, God, no, not again. <laughs> um, but, you know, and as you say, with Tyron as well, the, the restructuring of this deal that he's had, that you know, they basically wiped out half of his salary. Yeah. He's on a three million base salary this year, and then he gets a million for every five percent from 50 percent. You know, that just goes to show how, uh, and it's not showing up on his cap hit at the moment as a likely to be earned uh, bonus. So that just yeah. shows how much we haven't been able to rely on him. So, um, hell he of
0: a move from Tyrone though, to agree to that. Oh, it
2: is, yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like, as a guy, you could have taken, you, could night-
2: you know, you think left tackle. Yeah. Sorry. You got to leave 9 you've got to leave 9 million for next year when we when he plays over the 90% and we win the Super Bowl as well. Yeah? Oh yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> I am yeah. pretty sure
0: though if that happens the Cowboys I'm really concerned they're like yeah, yeah.
1: if <laughs> if that happens we'll make it work. Uh, I am okay with yeah. it. But are you going to plan for that to happen? No. You're not going yeah. to. You got to have some know. sort of contingency, some sort of backup plan.
0: Yeah, but um I know we took him more of your time than we said So I'm going to leave you with this final question I asked Heckman, okay. we asked all the guests who come on You are now the GM of the Dallas Cowboys, Kyle So don't forget us when you're there, by the way in big <laughs> uh, The Dallas Cowboys are on the clock at pick 26 And you're making the call to the phone downstairs Who is Kyle Pitts taking? Uh, Kyle Pitts? Who's Kyle Yeoman's taken? Yeah, who is Kyle Pitts? Yeah, we <laughs> who's trade? Kyle Pitts?
1: Yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, I'd be it's, all right with that trade. It depends it depends on what <laughs> I gave up to get him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's available for me? Is this just anybody it just, it or most my, likely?
0: It's just a yeah. It, 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 I will tell you Hackma oh, checked. God, what's wrong with me tonight? Hackma picked Joey
1: Poor. I would love
0: that. Um yeah. I'm not a, I'm not sad with that.
1: I think I'll go with the likely, and, and not likely, but mo- more likely. I, I'm still all I'm all aboard the Bijan train. I, I think he's the oh. number he's the number seven player on my board. He's the number number seven player on my board right now. There's no way any other position group, and, and if they do, that'd be great. There's no way that any other position group would have a player that's a top ten player available at twenty six. And with the way that they've kind of covered their bases for the most part, they need a defensive tackle and they need a linebacker in free agency to really make it a true BPA draft. There's not yeah. a linebacker and there's not a defensive tackle no. at 26 no. that I would take anywhere close to Bijan Robinson. Give me Bijan. Let's run the ball. Let's have some fun offensively. You can have him and go back and forth. I'm here. I, I'm I'm all for it. If you had asked me this three weeks ago. I probably wouldn't have said Bijan. Now what they've done in, in the offseason so far, adding a wide receiver, adding a corner, adding some talent throughout and bringing back what they have, give me Bijan and let's run the ball, baby. Let's make this thing happen. If he's gone,
0: which I've been told by a certain group that he's not making it past 20. If he's
1: gone, then <laughs> would you be okay with Jamar Gibbs? Yeah, I, I would pick Jamar Gibbs at – at 26. Yes. Would I would I rather do that? Is it a lock? No. It, it, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what I'm trying to say. Is it a lock that it's Gibbs? No. I would probably take somebody else there. Maybe go get uh a corner, go get uh offensive lineman, but is if it dries up and Gibbs is gone and Robin or excuse me, and Robinson's gone and Gibbs is available, I would I would consider it. I really would.
0: Nah. Definitely. Um, I, I just with Gibbs is the pass blocking, but he fits a West Coast offense, which is what Mike McCarthy's trying to go too. Yeah. But uh, we will, because you've got your very important draft guide uh, to do and to take some aspirin and what have you to <laughs> <laughs> help with a hangover. So we're gonna let you go, mate. And thank you very much for joining us. I'll speak to you offline, and we'll uh, try and get you back in before the draft. And don't worry, it won't be a twenty-four hour show again.
1: I was about to ask, are you going to do your 24-hour show again? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not going to do it? Some people still recovering from it. Oh, man. I feel you. you. Well, yeah, I appreciate you guys as always. Yeah, let me know anytime you need me coming back on. I would love to. And, and of course, we've got a lot to talk about with the draft. If things have changed over these last three weeks as much as they have, imagine what it's going to be over the next five weeks getting ready for the draft. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about. Let me know. I'll be happy to come on. Just before, much, just
2: before you do go, Kyle, if we don't speak to you before, best of luck for me.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I really do. All right. We'll Thanks, speak to guys. you again, mate. Thank you. righty. Thanks, Kyle.
0: There it is, baby. He is out of year. Yes, that's right. So we we will get uh, Kyle back on. We'll get we've got some other guys lined up as well. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, to speak uh, to Kyle again when we get a bit more information. So, what I would think we'll catch up to at this point is I'm going to ask you guys this question Brandon Cut, okay? Um, so, we've got him on the roster now. Beautiful setup. Does that put the Cowboys out of contention or uh, not contention? Does it put them out of the first round for a wide receiver? Yes. Completely,
3: it would have to be a stud, like one of the top four. Somebody would have to fall. Somebody would have to fall to be in the conversation because if they do that, you're effectively saying goodbye to Jalen Tolbert. And mm. I, I, I don't want to do that yet. It would be terrible. It would be terrible to do that. Um, like we, we've we've just talked about guard, linebacker, defensive tackle, depending on what happens with Hankins. Mm. I know CD Lamb was a luxury pick, but we've still got CD Lamb. We've it still happens. Got, we, we're, we're, we're asking more of Michael Gallup. You've got a perfectly good receiver in Brandon Cooks. Where do you fit a first-round talent in there without getting more out of Jalen Tolbert?
2: I, yeah I mean I don't think it completely precludes us. I mean where we're drafting you know we're out although we're in the first round you're effectively saying that you know there's 15 first round picks or so and then everything else is a second round pick um you know and aside from Cooks and aside from Gallup and CD Lamb You've got Simi Fuhoko, you've got Kavonte Turpin, and um you've got Jalen Tolbert. Simi Fuhoko, you know, he's a year older than or you know, he's closer to being a contract year and everything like that. Um, you maybe move on from him. Um, you know, and if again, if it's if it's a strength, you you know, the best way to improve a strength is to draft for that position as well. I think the whole thing. It, we just need to see how everything plays out. I wouldn't, as I say, I wouldn't preclude doing it, but mm. you know, just watch your best player, go for your go for your board, and go for the best available player that you have.
0: Yeah,
3: that's. For I mean, sure. I'm not. I'm not
0: against strength there on strength. J- just... I would do that with Professor o. Yep. JSM Fell, hundred
3: percent. I, I, I'm not against strength on strength, but. Is there, is there a tackle out there that we could we could double up on? Is there a pass rusher who fell that we could add into the mix? Somebody that would allow them to rotate in and make more of a um, more more of a presence in their rookie season. I mean, um, I say all the time on the show there is only one ball. You're telling me Brandon Cooks, Josh Brandon Cooks, Gallup, <laughs> Lamb want less touches? No, they want more. Every every single one of them wants to play 100% of the snaps. Mm. Um, they didn't bring Cooks in to sit on the bench. Michael Gallup wants to get back to where he wants to be, and CD Lamb wants his new contract. Mm. So, yeah. I i would I would rather I would rather see them bring some something
0: else in, yeah, and uh, talk about Josh Ball, I think, um he's definitely um at the bottom of the pile right now of trying to stay on the roster. I think if anything for Josh Ball, the only reason he stays is depth, that at the moment there's just no depth, so you're gonna have to keep him around when you think about it as well, right, and think about this long, last season. We had injuries on the O line, and we was literally we were like one player away from getting injured to seeing Josh Ball take significant snaps in the game, and that scares me.
2: Yeah, and I mean, if we if we didn't have Jason Peters, you know that Houston game, we would have lost the Houston game because we had to bring Jason Peters into play for Josh Ball because he wasn't he wasn't cutting it. Now you could say, obviously, first year was a redshirt year, um, you know. Last year was technically his first his first action, but um, you know you should really be seeing them hitting the ground running in the second year, and then third year is when you you really prove it and you're competing for the position. Um, looking looking at the the Instagram feeds of um, Duke whether you know you're seeing a lot of um, some of the uh, some of the Cowboys offensive line. I haven't yet seen. I mean, I don't know. Truly, what Josh Ball looks like to actually sit, be able to pick him out of a lineup properly, hmm. but um, you know he's not being tagged in any of the the videos or anything like that. So, um, is is he working with Duke? I don't know. Um, you know, and if not, why not? Um,
3: That's the perfect point that they would rather pick up the phone to a thirty-something tackle who's been there than play Josh Ball. You know, it, 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 it's it's uh, telling, shall we say.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, here's one from uh, your biggest fan, Graham, is uh, Lebarski <laughs> is on you. So who are you guys taking? I'm going to tell you now, if this was the situation where it's Bijan, JSN, or Nolan Smith, <laughs> like Professor O said, he if JSN's running up to the podium, I'm doing the same thing if Nolan Smith is there.
2: I'd really, I'd have sleepless nights if this was my, if this <laughs> yeah. was my triple
0: what it, it makes you wonder what's happened before all these picks for this situation to come up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nolan Smith, uh, as a bookend to Micah Parsons, you can have yep. one of them on the line, you can have one of them as a sort of off-ball linebacker,
3: yeah.
2: stroke-designated pass rusher, um, you know, when you go for your what what they call the the sort of formula one package where you move tank lawrence Mm and you've got got just about everybody to to go after the quarterback i mean nolan smith would be with that with that time that you put down in the combine and you know even the the 10 yard split more, more so than the 40 yard dash but um you know something like that fantastic um JSN, I mean, obviously his pro day uh, the other day, you know, four four eight, I think he was, for his 40, fast, you know, handle that as well. And then Bijan's got, got the capabilities of being the next sort of Barry Sanders. Um, and behind our offensive line, you know, that that would be good <laughs> to, yeah. to, to the least. You know, you, you, you could imagine a 2,000-yard back, um from from our offense behind our offensive line, especially if McCarthy's going to commit to the running game. So
3: yeah. yeah, Nolan Smith starts 17 games. And that's that's what I'm looking at. I get I get the Bijan talk, but I don't think Tony Pollard would thank you for that. It's like, well, have you just drafted my replacement? Am I here for the one year and that's it? Because you, you bring in a first round talent because you want them to be a stud
0: yeah.
3: and he would be a bit part with Tony Pollard. So yeah, it's Nolan Smith for me. I'm not thinking twice,
0: but uh, Nolan Smith, but then him with, with, with Parsons is like, you know, like the, that situation is a one ABC.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: But if yeah. I'm going to say who the A is, I'm saying Nolan, but it really doesn't matter. It's all interchangeable at that stage.
3: Uh, I'll tell you another angle on that. If if those are the three choices, the phone starts ringing. Oh and yeah. They, may, they may oh, be yeah. Move, yeah. maybe move down to 31,
0: 32, 33. There's no 32. There's no oh right. I see what you mean. <laughs> so you're going you're coming into the second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's possible. I mean, yeah, you could definitely change you know, you could definitely trade down with that. That's for definite. But let's go though on to some other things that um Rico Dowdle. Running back, he's coming back. Um, I know he's just been on a slew of injuries, so it's kind of held him up. But we have seen him in the preseason games come in and do some work, and it does look good. Um, and yeah. when you look at it and you look at what's behind Tony Pollard, that I know we got Rojo as well. Uh, that was a, an interesting signing. Some people are quite upset about that. <laughs> I'm just like, let's well, just take it for what it is. The guy's got two Super Bowl rings, I know that isn't everything because apparently Super Bowl rings only matter to quarterbacks. But it's quarterback stat, apparently. Um... <laughs> We're not going there again. We're not having this argument again. <laughs> and had an entire show on this. But um, I know we've got the Rojo in, but I think with Rico there as well, you know, picking up a little bit of depth. With the West Coast offense, though, right, uh, and what they're looking at, do you guys and everyone at home as well tell me what you think does we go down fill a sort of a like it's kind of awkward how to look at it like as a fullback role to complement your lead running back
2: i think he does i mean and i think he will certainly take zeke's position if you're talking about needing to punch it in from the one yard line mm. um you're probably looking at a bigger back which um you know Daldo certainly is um he uh, he's still young enough you know depending on how he's re- recovered from injuries and all that he's still young enough that you've you've probably still got the explosiveness that he's shown in in preseason games um <clears throat> and shown as a kick returner as well I mean if you remember he had that that long kickoff return for, mm-hmm. for give us a touchdown actually as well so um uh, you know he, he's got value there as well um but yeah i think you know he he certainly again it's, he he's got the ability to catch coming out of the backfield he can block as well to some degree yeah, yeah. and yeah it could be that tom you know if you want to compare him somebody like tom rathman back in the 49ers of the <laughs> eight, when you yeah. are talking the original west coast offense, yeah uh, yeah. I know yeah, those, yeah. The the West Coast offense has kind of expanded now. If you consider that you know uh Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs are still technically a West Coast offense, but it's you know they, they've changed that up because of the 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 personnel they've got. Um
0: yeah, yeah that's for sure. And just to answer this question, Lebaski, I've got Dante Fowler's contracts one year, uh contract four point two max uh against the cap this year will be three uh, mil just to add that in uh so that that came in actually just before the show um but yeah uh Donny Fowler, that's an interesting one a lot of uh keeping a lot of first round talent around in dallas at the moment as well when you think like with stefan Gilmore, they just seem to be trying to suck all that up at the moment cooper rush is staying i think that's Kind of important as well. That means all three quarterbacks from last year are back again for this season. That
3: surprised uh, me. Did you? That Go surprised on, me. I I'd have thought that Sunday would have. I thought he'd have been a high end number two. I, I mean, you see, there's some ridiculous numbers uh, backups going for five, six million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. I'd have thought Cooper Rush would have been one of them, but he's never been. He, he's never been a long term starter. Anyway, I mean, You're, the
0: thing are, is, is Oh, go, up, go go on, on, You're probably going to say my point. So here.
2: Well, the, I mean, obviously, you know, when free agency started, you know, there was the <clears> talk that he'd likely hook up with Kellen Moore again because Kellen Moore, at least, was able to scheme for his mm. abilities and to be a five and one starter, as DJ Dogs mm. saying there. You know, yeah. that that should that should have pricked a lot of people's ears up. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, and it should have been, you know okay you're looking at what baker mayfield's making going uh, moving on and all that you know the markets maybe not there for quarterbacks but for somebody who's a proven winner um you know uh, yeah okay he's not got the mobility or whatever that a lot of teams are looking for but you know there, there should be somebody who's interested in picking him up um for more than it, we actually paid for it so did mariota go to the eagles for Five million dollars
3: was it five or six million dollars?
0: Don't know exactly. I did see it and oh, I just kind of straight um, off it. Wow, you know, I was just like, no, not interesting. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. So, Donde Fowler, Lucas Van Ness, would you do it if he was available? Um, he is maybe, especially after the combine, he got my interest a little more. Um He's definitely a guy along with... Because they have lurked as well from Iowa State, Will McDonald. He, they're maybe two that would be quite interesting. When you think of what they've already got in terms of pass rushers, it'd be an interesting addition. Because you know what Dan Quinn is like in rotating
2: his pieces around. Yeah, Yep. Again, don't discount it, but... <sighs> I mean, realistically, at the moment, you know, with Hankins sort of dragging his feet, holding out, whatever you want to call it, that's that's the area of concern at the moment. And you know, it does it does the fact that you know they're obviously putting resources into it? You've got Isaac Alarcón moving mm-hmm. across across the line he's he's that big body he's 6 foot 7 he's um you know he makes Tyron Smith look small by all accounts both <laughs> width wise and height wise Tyron yeah. has to look up to him so um you are trying to put and you know he will have deficiencies but at least from being a guard and switching across um you understand what defensive guys have been trying to do to him as a guard so he can then put that in reverse and know what to to do to counter offensive line as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Cowboys have a history of converting people from offensive to defensive linemen and defensive yeah. to offensive and it, linemen. And, so, it's worked. and and funnily enough, it's been it's been under um the Mike Solari as well. So um mm-hmm. you know the there, there's some interesting uh, tie-ins back there as well. Um but I think, I think the run stuffer is the, is the main concern for me at the moment. And, you know, it, it's, it's not necessarily going to be there in the first round unless you're, you're wanting to take somebody who really is a top-end second-round pick, like Smith or whatever, um, or Ica. But, um, you know, that, that's where I want to, if, if we're going defensive line, that's where I want to be looking first.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, definitely. Um, so talking on the final stage of additions that we haven't talked about, Cowboys have also handed a long snapper to the roster. Obviously, Jake McQuaid, um, he's moved on, did a fine job. Long snappers, kind of generally, you you, you expect that, fine. Um, Got a, a, um, any takes on Trent Seag, the addition?
2: Uh, again, I mean, a sol- solid pickup. up he's, he's performed in the league. He's 27 years old. He's mm-hmm. the youngest um, long snapper we've had since L.P. Laddiser started. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and Matt Overton's still there. So if it doesn't work out at the moment, Matt Overton can be done, brought in. But he's 34, 35, I think. So, again, if you can, if you can have somebody that you can keep churning over and over, and I think he's brought in on the league minimum or the, the veteran minimum. So he's, you know, he's getting paid over a million, but he's actually only counting about 940 on the cap. So, um, great. I yeah.
3: for long snappers because they only make the headlines when they screw up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's it's just like the kicker position. You, you, yeah. you know, people only ever notice when they make a mistake. Uh, and it's one of those things where you can do it right Kind of very much like offensive linemen That you could do it right a hundred times But that one time when you get it wrong And it all mm. goes wrong right, yeah. Everybody talks about it Everybody yeah. talks about how terrible it was uh, <laughs> So yes um, We will leave that one there then, and we'll end the show on that note, on that bombshell. So we'll go through quickly the, uh, go through the ads and everything and we'll let everybody get out of here. So, because Graham has come back, because he's been long gone. There's been some people calling for your name, Graham. Some people have been having withdrawal symptoms because of it. I appreciate uh, that. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> so we're going to let you hit this. Give your beautiful voice out there to the people, please, mate.
3: So if you're planning to go to that game, make sure you you uh, go along to the game with Cowboys Experience. They've got meet and greets, they've got stadium tours, they've got game tickets, tailgating, and much much more. The guys that have uh, who are on the show who have booked with Cowboys Experience rave about it. I know Paul had a great time last year. I think he met Sam Williams and who was the other player? Guys, help me out. Michael Parsons uh, was there. That, there was that, quite yeah. a lot. Novacek was hey,
2: there. Ed it Ed, Ed Tuttle Jones, I think, Ed was Tuttle, there as well. Yeah, yeah.
3: So you've uh, got past and present players, which is great. Um, you know, especially for for fans in the UK and outside the US. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go to the one two games, make sure you do it properly. Make sure you book with CowboysExperience.com, and they will look after you like royalty.
0: That's correct. Uh, all right, let's hit the next one. Uh, go for it. Mr. Lorne,
2: Right, okay, so check out our Hall of Fame, Wall of Fame, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, so these are all the content creators, obviously, you've seen some of them on our shows. So you've got Kyle, obviously, from Talking Cowboys and the Draft Show. You've got um, Derek Eagleton from The Break, hanging with the boys, blogging the boys with obviously Paul and Mike's making more and more appearances on that, both on the website and on uh, podcasts as well. Uh, you got Big Game uh, Big Game James, Pixixix Sports, Skywalker Steel, Cowboys fans only, Cowboys can fan. Um, check all these guys out and broaden your knowledge, broaden your, um, you know, uh, all the opinions you can take <laughs> on board. It, it helps everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, and obviously there's the travel package. Make sure to go check it out on our social media where you can find out all about how we are going to. Take over at t Stadium with as many people as we can grab. Um, so, yes, guys, that is it for this week.
2: Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, on one hundred
1: and
0: five, the fan when we're live on here. So, um, he does want to join us. It's just a case of, um, I guess, we're one hundred and five. The fan is more important than we are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but we will try and get him on We will, we will We, we, uh, we talk all the time So uh, we will get our sorted. But uh, as we do Make sure you have a great weekend We will be back on Tuesday uh, So make sure to join us then But thank you very much everybody for joining us You are the MVPs of the show These pair are going to have the last word We'll see you on Tuesday
2: Go on Graham, you start
3: <laughs> The 2023 season Has started Let's go. <laughs>
2: yep. I'll, I'll catch you guys in a couple of weeks. I'm off to Sunnier of Climbs for the next couple of weeks, so um I'll I'll see you when I get back. <laughs>